0: The following is a Joel Mahalik production. Let
1: me explain
0: something to you.
1: Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me, and it will then take me
0: time to get back to where I was. Understand? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. Right, right out of the gate, <laughs> from saying welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show, the alarm system has been activated. Yes, it has. Uh, 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 let me let me, tell, let me put the visual. Uh, as you know, Molly, who is our security system, she's coming back, so the danger must have passed. Um the dog across the street yeah. is a German Shepherd and Molly is a miniature Schnauzer Maltese, so she's a right. Schnauzer. Yeah. And Schnauzers and German Shepherds. German Shepherds usually work together to secure land.
1: Yeah, th- and that's that's the truth. I mean, they were...
0: <laughs> right, they were like hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the miniature Schnauzer would make all the noise and then the Shepherd kn- would attack.
1: No, you know why? Um, because miniature Schnauzer's hearing... Is phenomenal. Yes, it is. Whereas the German Shepherds is not as good. Right. And vice versa on the on sight. Right. The miniature Schnauzer doesn't have really good sight, whereas the German Shepherd has awesome sight.
0: I think she has pretty good sight. But so what happened was, just as I said that. Yeah. The <laughs> German Shepherd across the street, who is uh, Jedi. Uh, barked, And, of course, when he barks, that alerts this one to bark. Yes. And what made it exponentially worse is the fact that the air conditioning here is broken. And so the so windows the are windows open. So the windows are open. So somebody walked by and triggered that alarm, which triggered this alarm. <laughs> and that explains that. So let's try this again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. And ac- I'm the lovely Sharon. Sitting across the table from... <laughs> Sharon. Lovely Sharon. That is right. So welcome to the program, the website, jmtalk.net. I invite you to go there and subscribe to the podcast and listen to us 24-7 if you please. And so, as I said, the windows are open, so if you hear any kind of background noise, we do have a lot of fans running. It's a terrible situation to be in, uh, but we are dealing uh, Molly's dealing with some extra tubbies, cold water tubbies, right? Um, which we try to what do before the show. you say she's going
1: with feminine? Femin, yeah, feminine with an F.
0: How many people out there talk to their dogs like that? I know. Change I, your whole like speech pattern. Speech pattern for yeah. your pet,
1: as if you would do for a baby.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Right, and she's our baby. She's our baby. Anyways, she Molly loves to go feminine.
0: She loves the film. She has her own film pool.
1: She does. And when one is not afforded to her, she will make do.
0: Yeah, with the, with the shower or the tub or whatever she can yeah. get her hands on, actually. Yeah. So. Which
1: we learned, you know, camping. Yeah. She went right to the tub, said, Mommy, I'm hot. Fill the tub with cold water and put me in it.
0: Exactly. And
1: she said all this to me with her eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we had to take an unexpected break last week because I had no voice. So I apologize for that. And um, it's still a little, you know, I have a little after effect. Plus, I was at a conference two days ago. And as my assistant at work... He always when we're at these conferences and we go around we talk to all the vendors he's always like we have to hurry. He's always time watching because oh, you got to wow. get to the keynote speech. Yeah, yeah, He's like we got to hurry, we got to hurry cuz I I'm, I'm a talker. I like to talk, develop You're relationships an old with people. Lady, no, I'm not an old lady. I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman. I'm trying to I'm making business you connections. You talk like an old lady. Like two old no. women.
1: Me 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 me. I don't me, stand me, me, at my me, door me. and go,
0: "Get off my lawn." You do actually. <laughs> so So anyway, so uh, quite a few (laughs) things to talk about. First and foremost, school is back in or will be back in, depending on where you live in these United States. Right. For
1: us here in Delaware...
0: Started Monday.
1: Started last Monday.
0: This past Monday. That's what I said. Okay. That's what I thought you said. (laughs) So I just wanted to point out the importance of uh, the buses and the kids... And, I mean, on the first day of school here, there was a bus accident. On the second day of school here, there was a bus accident. On the third day of school here, there was a bus accident. What? Yes. So, many states have adopted or are working on adopting some very serious penalties for people who, um, first of all, pass school buses. Especially when they're stopped and the red lights are flashing and the stop sign paddle is out, yeah, and 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 that long stick comes out from the bumper. These are all signs that hey,
1: kids are in the area. Yeah, stop your car. They're going to
0: walk in your path. And so, if you find yourself being an idiot that drives like that around school buses, (laughs) I just just want you to know that the police and the lawmakers who are formulating these penalties Mm -hmm. are not trying to be rude. They're trying to keep kids safe. Now, whether you don't have kids or don't give a damn about other people's kids, I can't help that. You have got to follow the rules of the road. So we take this back a step, Sharon, right? Like, okay, don't pass a school bus. Obvious to most people. But let's take it back a step. All we're asking you to do is follow the rules of the road. And in your driver's handbook, it will explain to you what you are not supposed to do when a bus is stopped now. This and is has the its lights on and its right, sign out right. and all that other stuff.
1: Let me let me just uh, be a little more specific. The driver's handbook that you get from the DMV, not Kmart. Right. Okay. Wait a
0: minute. No, I'm just kidding.
1: No, there's people out there that drive like they got their driver's license at Kmart.
0: Absolutely. And it drives
1: me nuts. So
0: really what we're saying is just follow the rules of the road. Absolutely. Which to this day, and I know I used to spend a lot of time every week on the show talking about bad drivers. But to this day, even in our little community, uh, stop signs don't mean anything. No. So I don't don't know what it's going to take to change people and make them... Pay more attention to the rules of the road. I don't know. But school is in. And for the love of Mike, slow down and pay attention to the rules of the road. And especially when you're around a school bus. School buses make frequent stops. Exactly. And as Sharon said, when all those lights are flashy, flashy. And I know you don't see them because you're brushing your teeth or eating your Egg McMuffin or whatever the hell you're doing. When all those lights are flashy, flashy and the paddle is out that says stop and the bar is out. That means children are around. So pay the hell attention. Right. Now on my Facebook, I posted a thing asking people to share it, and I had to do it. School was back in, and please pay attention to the buses. So please go copy it and paste it. I mean, I've already got a lot of copy and paste today alone, and I appreciate it. And I actually want to thank uh, my brother-in-law, Bob, who posted it, and I actually stole it from his timeline. And I, and he Ooh. yeah, he only had like two Grabs, and I'm I had, telling. I, had, I just told. I just told of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and Godspeed. He's in the hospital having another knee done. Oh. He's going to be the bionic man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, please. School's back in. Pay attention. Now, so many things that I wanted to... Go over and I'm just trying to kind of pick and jive with the time. Okay. Do you remember anything that might be about an eight-minute conversation? <laughs> okay, yeah. That the
1: we want to talk about? Because had, like the,
0: I, have, I have great stuff, but I don't want I wanna, know. I don't know what I want to do. What do you got?
1: Um.
0: If you don't have anything, I'll just move into I it. I got
1: nothing, man.
0: All right. Well, here we go. Let me say this first. I have never had a chicken sandwich at Popeye's. And I think I once, while we were in Lancaster, I think I had a chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. So this is not a millions and millions of dollars campaign, marketing campaign. On social media, Popeyes started talking about their chicken sandwich. And it, it stirred up some stuff. You didn't know any of this? It stirred up some stuff and now it is all of a sudden a social media war. Popeyes has the best better chicken sandwich better than Chick-fil-A. It on just social media has gotten so huge huge on social media the war that Popeyes is selling out a chicken sandwich for their chicken sandwiches. To the point where they're selling out all over the place. To the point of People are rioting in the stores. They are climbing the counters and punching employees because there's no chicken sandwiches to be had. Are you serious? I am dead serious. How good is this chicken sandwich? I'm not going to run out and get one because I don't want to get socked in the face for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. God forbid I ordered the last one. Wow. But I don't know. And then, of course, there was even a debate at the lunch table at work, and the consensus there is that Popeye's makes a good chicken sandwich. It is better than Chick-fil-A. Wow. I think I was, like, one of two people who had never had a chicken sandwich at Popeye's.
1: Okay, so I'll put my vote in. Neither one. (laughs) I don't eat at Chick-fil-A. I don't like their chicken sandwiches. I don't like their... Their food, I refuse Chick-fil-A. But
0: you've eaten at Chick-fil-A. We've eaten there as a family.
1: Okay. Um, we had waffle
0: f- f- fries together.
1: Well, yeah, I didn't like them.
0: Well, four and a half years later is the wrong time to tell me that. Yeah, what it w- is, because <laughs> I did it
1: to make you happy.
0: <laughs> so go on. So,
1: yeah, going on. Um, and I don't like Popeye's. I say that because I've had their chicken.
0: I like their chicken tenders. No. Okay.
1: Um, Wait, can I like their chicken tenders, though?
0: You just said no when I said it. I'm allowed to like the chicken tenders, right? No, you're not. (laughs) I said no. Okay.
1: Dag, burn it. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't like either one. So there's my vote. Neither.
0: (laughs) Well... So they're riding. They're they're, they're fighting. That they're, is They're tearing obscene. restaurants apart because there's no chicken sandwiches. That's obscene. That's extremely obscene. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. At what point have we gotten to where, if you're out of food at a fast food, I mean, how good is fast food anyway? Now I understand that you know. I, but I, I no, I don't understand how. Important is fast food to you that you will riot because they're out of something. Right. That's and, ridiculous. And we worked in a fast Get food industry. In We've seen car strange
1: things. And, and
0: c- drive yeah. to the next one. We got food at home. Go home. Right. Cook something.
1: Go to the store. Buy your own dag burned chicken. Yeah, right. And bread. Make your own cane case of
0: deer. But. but. <laughs> I just don't I don't understand the love affair with fast food to the point... And you and I worked in fast food. We've seen yeah. people get angry at the stupidest things. They, yes, they do. What do you mean breakfast is Sir, it's noon. I want breakfast! Tough titty, kitty. I mean, people just get erratically crazy over fast food. Yeah, that's... that's. I want to be the first one if no one's told you all yet. Calm down. Right. <laughs> Go home. Schwann's makes great chicken patties... You can make a yes, sandwich with it. That's what I'm Puts saying. Put some mayonnaise, cheese, and two dill pickle slices on it. There you go. And it's, and, and it's better than Chick Fil A. Right. <laughs> Let's have a right in this a house. Pile next of chicken poop night.
1: would be better than Chick Fil A.
0: And I, I think I had their chicken sandwich once. I will say I wasn't impressed with it. It's not like I can go to Chick Fil A and I get a burger. And that's why most of these places, if I don't like their burgers, I'll get their tenders or their nuggets or whatever you have. Right. Popeyes does have good spicy tenders. It's a really good recipe. So, um, but I, you know, I, 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 first of all, these are people's lives. They're they have a livelihood. They have to work there. Right. They need to make money for their families, and they don't need you throwing chairs around and punching them in the face and climbing over the counter into their space. You don't. You you don't need to act like this. That's just rude. You don't need to act like this. You know, the now
1: this is happening everywhere. in a civilized country. I right? saw a video the
0: other night that came out of Wilmington or Christiana or something. Oh it's happening God. everywhere.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: And yeah, and, and I guess what you would call a civilized society. Here we are, fighting over chicken sandwiches.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, the manager should have ordered more or this or that." You know, I I, I don't know. So. The good part about it is
1: you can only forecast s-
0: for so many, right? And and what, what I'm getting ready to say is it's also more and more difficult to forecast when th- this isn't even based on a marketing campaign. Like when right. we worked for McDonald's, say sorry, I didn't really say that. We had the two for two chicken. Yeah, it was a national campaign. We uh, we knew we we prepared. We forecasted based on that. This was right. not a marketing campaign. So the good thing about this is is this was a highly successful social media marketing campaign. Right. Imagine the money they saved to make this kind of money. The bad uh. thing is, is, and as you said, you can't forecast. Right. You can forecast when you know some things. But to sit there and say, well, we're going to start a war on, on social media with another food chain. I mean, how, how does that happen? I right. can't start a war with another computer company on social <laughs> media. It doesn't work. Right. You know? Yeah. So. I, again, they're two giants, and I'm nobody. But it is difficult to forecast. You could order extra, and I'm sure they did, but it's still difficult to forecast. So, aside from all that, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, it's the manager's fault." It's the manager. No, it's the people's fault. It's the people's who You're being idiots, right? Who act like jackasses and treat other people like that. You know, there's a there's something you can learn here. Treat others as you expect to be treated. Exactly. And if that's the way you expect to be treated then fine. Then we'll just and start walking eye around for punching an people. Eye so to speak. <laughs> a, a black
1: ch- eye for a black eye.
0: A chair for a chair. <laughs> <laughs> a chair for a head. So just like behave or something. You know? If they if they're out of chicken sandwiches, go away.
1: Right? <laughs> <Pray laughs> or, or choose something or else. Choose
0: something else, which I know is difficult in a chicken joint. Ugh. But still. Anyway. I'm
1: sure they have different variations, like tenders, nuggets. Oh, I'm sure they have tenders. Salad.
0: But I'm, su- I'm sure the chicken they're putting in the salad, though, is the same chicken. They, they just slice it. So they c- you can't pull that for the salads. Salads are off the table. What if it's broiled? I don't, I don't know. Don't, listen, I don't do math, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do fractions. Don't ask me questions like that. <laughs> so... All right, so we're going to step out and wet our whistles here take a quick break. And when we come back, more on the show, including, what do you think about Sunday dinner? <gasps> so we'll talk about that Ooh. and more, plus Wombat of the Week and another hero all coming up later on on the home stretch. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Yes, it is true. Coming back to Old Time Radio USA to kick off not only your September, but your Labor Day is Sergeant Joe Friday and Dragnet. 36 hours of Dragnet's classic radio episodes. So, make plans to celebrate your Labor Day this year with Old Time Radio USA and the Dragnet Labor Day Marathon, starting Sunday night, September 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. On the home for the best in old time radio on the Internet, Welcome back to the Joel Mihalik show, everyone. I lost a little bit there. My tongue almost got (laughs) tight. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, A couple things on the docket for this part of the show before Sharon leaves and we move on to the third stretch. First thing is on the docket is Sunday dinners. Now... If uh, you, some of you listeners out there may be too young to even know what a Sunday dinner was, but (laughs) Sunday dinners were pretty much.
1: They were reserved for family. Yeah. Family time. It's the one day of the week. Everybody's sat together. All your family comes over. Right. If your kids are grown, they come over. And they have dinner, and you share what's going on in your life.
0: Right, you talked. You didn't right. stare at phones and play games on phones right. and uh, watch TV. And
1: now this was long before the cell phone came out.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it really was. And if you think about it, that wasn't that long ago.
0: No, it wasn't. I, I mean, it, the <laughs> everyone knows I'm not shy to tell you technology's going too far too fast. So I agree, but. Um, so yes, so Sharon's right. That was like you know because you know dad's worked sometimes, mom's worked, and during a week sometimes two jobs. You know sometimes they had to work on Saturdays, but Sunday was the day. Whether you went to church or didn't, whether you were church going or not, Sunday was a family day, and it was also like that. You've heard me talk about it before here on the program about holidays being a family day too. Yeah, exactly. And it's no more. And it's just you know we've become this society where people have to work. Uh, two and three jobs they got to work around the clock they got to work weekends and holidays and and this most important time of the week the most important thing for, to be around your family has gone by the wayside it's gone so being known yeah. as family day is there is no more family days right family dinners have disappeared on sunday now
1: and we have even our family has even fallen prey to this Right no more family dinner night,
0: right, and even though like we have one child very close, we have one child very far away, but even if we had the dinner, the one child who's close works a lot on Sundays, right you know it, it, it it's all these things and and sure we can uh, we can say, "Hey, we just don't have the time or life gets in the way, but the thing is the fact is we have to make that time, we have to find a way to make that time. And this editorial that I downloaded is saying the same thing. They're saying we have to make time. We have to get this done. Um, And And I agree. Because what happens is, you know, you can't wait till somebody's gone and then say, gee, I wish we did this. You know, you have to do that. And
1: unfortunately, that's what we do.
0: Right. You know what the new family time is? Funerals. That's the new family time.
1: And that's sad. It is sad. That is really sad.
0: So Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, who's a registered psychologist and parenting expert, um, she weighed in on the importance of creating designated family time by way of a family dinner. She says, the family that eats together thrives together. Mealtime has historically been a time of family togetherness. Plus, if you're getting multiple generations together, then there is a tapestry of diversity in terms of ages and interests. And that is just so very good for kids. Right. Um, and then, of course, Ann Fishel, who's a Ph.D., a family therapist, and co-founder of the Family Dinner Project, hmm. uh, has also uh, described the benefits that can come from a family mealtime. She says the benefits range from the cognitive ones young kids have having bigger vocabularies and older kids doing better in school. Um uh, from that benefit to the physical ones, which is better cardiovascular health, lower obesity rates, eating more vegetables vegetables and fruits, to the psychological ones, which is lower rates of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, substance abuse, and fewer behavioral problems in school. Now, I like that psychological one because these are some of the factors that over the years mm-hmm. that I, I have addressed on the program. Right. And, uh, and, and so think about that. So this Ann Fishell is saying that have a family meal time, and some of these things could be worked out. Some of these things some of these things should be worked out.
1: not to mention the younger generation getting to know the older generation. absolutely. and learning from the stories that the older generation tells
0: right right you know. And when you think about some of the things uh, that she mentions about substance abuse, behavioral problems uh, in school and things like that, if you think about that, some of those problems are identified in people who go out and commit mass shooters, shootings. Right. So, And if you think about when you, when you start getting bits and pieces from the news of these shooters— and you find out that they had terrible upbringings, and you mm-hmm. can you can take that into account now that we're reading this article and say, yeah, they probably didn't have meal times.
1: Yeah, but
0: I'm not saying that has to be, and that will cure. What I'm saying is, I'm sure can't say
1: hurt. You can't say that everyone, if everyone has family meal time, there won't be any more mass shootings because Agreed. people are sick.
0: Agreed. So, Doctor Ann also says that what's for dinner does not matter, uh, and that it's the com- the communal environment that is created during this time that matters, and that makes the difference. Right. Um, so she says these benefits don't derive from a perfect roast chicken or organic tomatoes, but instead from the atmosphere at the table. Um, so, with all this uh, information being thrown at us from all these different experts, you know. Uh, it, I, I feel like, and I and I think we started talking about this the other day, Sharon. And I said, let's stop, let's stop talking about this because it's going to be a point on the show, and I didn't want to lose any steam. Um, but I think we both kind of were nearing the point that we that we should that we should do something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: knowing that Katie is afar and like, but you, like you just said, having the young, our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, having that time with, so that's multi-generational. Mm-hmm. And with this technology, if Katie's not working because she's also in the trap of retail, she can eat with us by Skype. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'll bring technology back into it for that because we do miss our Katie Bean. Yeah. But I agree with everything in his article. I do too. You know, I, I mean, really do. And we, I we used to do it when when the kid when when our kids were young, and couldn't go anywhere.
1: Right. And you know, we started doing that um, a couple of years ago. We'd have one night a week.
0: Yeah, we'd have the one night a week thing. Yes,
1: where the you know, Renee and the kids would come over, and you know, we would spend some quality time with them.
0: Well, I think it should have been more time. I like the Sunday thing because when we were doing it on, like, a Wednesday night, they would come over and eat, and then, boom, they were gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, school night, kids got to get ready, kids have to go to bed. You know, Sunday, you, you eat in the mid-afternoon. Right. You know, you can fellowship, you can play cornhole, you can watch football. Play cornhole. Um, so, but I know it's hard. It's our fault. It's all, it's society's fault. We can't do this. We created this society where we have to have that store open on yeah, weekends. Exactly. I have to buy that shirt on Sunday. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we did this ourselves. We allowed technology to take over our lives. You exactly. know, we just had to follow our phones around to collect Pokemon off the street. This is our fault. Mm-hmm. So it's us, we have to fix it. Society has to fix it. No one can come by and just make it so. It's just like when I tell everybody at the end of every show, pick up three pieces of trash. You got to take the responsibility to do that. You got to you got to do something that makes your situation or everyone's situation better. You have exactly you have to be your own divine spark. So, so I, I feel like Sunday dinners, or you know, or it could be Saturday dinners. Right. You know.
1: Or i Friday say generous. I say
0: we demand renee to give us her weekend schedules like when the season's yeah. over we say okay you're coming over you're coming over right you're coming over whatever coming it over. is right okay I'll, st- I'll stop chopping the desk <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, every time he was saying coming over peeps he was chopping the desk
0: <laughs> so uh I, the the next thing I want to tackle is actually a follow a follow-up to uh, last year the first season of Not that I'm doing seasons anymore, but last year I had a show that I focused a lot on insulin and the cost of insulin, and um, and then I had a little follow up a couple months, just a couple brief months ago, about Colorado uh, enacting a law, signed in the law by the governor, everything saying insurance companies, you get no more than one hundred dollars for insulin, meaning if you don't have insurance, right. Well, I got some interesting stuff from a few weeks ago that came out, okay? Believe it or not, we don't talk politics, so this isn't open for discussion, but believe this or not, there was a bipartisan bill introduced. Okay. Okay. um, By um, Senator Gene Sheehan, who's Democrat from New Hampshire, co-sponsored by Senator Collins, Republican from Maine. Are you ready for this? Carper from Delaware, one of our own Democratic Delaware Senators, and Kramer, Republican, North Dakota. Um, The bill takes direct aim at the complex system of insulin pricing in the United States. Wow. With an aim to cut prices by targeting and restricting the rebates that go to pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs. Mm -hmm. Insulin manufacturers typically pay a percentage of the list price back to the PBM in the form of a rebate. Effectively, the PBM gets a deep discount on drugs in return for making them available through the insurance. This sets up a reverse incentive for manufacturers to offer bigger rebates to PBMs in order to have their product put on an insurance plan's formulary. Competition in the insulin market has historically led to higher list prices because higher list prices mean higher rebates to the PBMs. Follow me so far? (laughs) The Insulin Price Reduction Act would create a new pricing model where the use of rebates will be restricted for any insulin for which the manufacturer has reduced the current list price to no higher than the price of that same product in 2006. Okay. The rebate restrictions are designed to incentivize the change in pricing by manufacturers. To continue to qualify for the restrictions, the list price of insulin could not be increased by more than the increase in medical inflation for that year.
1: Okay. The rebate
0: restrictions would apply to Medicare Part D as well as private insurance markets. For the most popular incidents, patients would see a 75% reduction in prices from what is expected in 2020.
1: Okay, so wait, you're kind of losing me. Okay. What, What does all this mean in people terms? In layman's terms. Well, I,
0: that, that last line I just said sort of spells that. You could expect to see a 75%... De- what does that mean? Well, right now, because of my insurance and my high deductible, and there's a nice footnote at the end I can't wait to read, um, what that means is I could, like, because I can't meet my high deductible, I have to pay $600 a month for my insulin. Right. So that could be potentially 75% less. But there's that twist at the end. I'll just jump to that. Yeah. It goes on to list a lot of stories and cases of people who have died from having to ration their insulin because of prices. Right. But here's the final word on it. The bill is the latest in a string of proposed legislative fixes to the insulin access crisis in America. Uh, Just last week, so this would be about a month ago, the United States Treasury issued a new guidance which would classify insulin as a preventative treatment. And thus exempt from the deductible phase in some high deductible insurance plans. That means for me that they cannot charge me $700 a month anymore because I haven't met my deductible. It would move the insulin straight to insurance pricing.
1: Which means it could potentially be... Fifty bucks for you.
0: Thirty or fifty bucks, yeah.
1: As opposed
0: to. Well, right now, if 700. I. Seven hundred. If I would meet my million-dollar-a-year deductible, I could pay thirty dollars <laughs> a month for insurance for insulin. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, earlier in July, uh, legislation was introduced to speed up the pathway for a generic insulin to come to market. Now, I also did a blurb a few months ago. Uh, there is a generic insulin hitting the market, so, right. um, and that was when Congress pulled all the pharmacy companies that make insulin in for questioning. Like that same week, uh, one of the companies, I, I, I think it was, it might have been Lilly. Poof! All of a sudden, oh, we're we're putting a generic insulin on the market uh, in the next couple months. Wow. Well, I'm mean, sure. Now that we're hauling your ass into court, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you're gonna do something. So this is a lot of good news for diabetics, uh, uh, of of which I are. I'm
1: not downplaying that at all. Um, I just, I don't know. It's all above my head.
0: And Well, it's not just insulin, too. I mean, look at some of the medication prices you pay. I
1: know.
0: For life-saving drugs. That's the the key word right there, life-saving drugs. How dare you... Put such a high price on life-saving drugs. That is routine a...
1: Routine medical... Medicate... Or... Routine medications that... I... Know... Like... Or for instance... Those who know me know... A year ago, last March, I had a heart attack. Okay? Right after the heart attack, they put me... On a medication which would not allow the platelets in my blood to stick to the stents that are in there um, that form blockages. Right. Okay. I had to get off that medication because I could not afford it. Right. So I'm on another medication that is a whole lot cheaper but doesn't do the same thing
0: right and so my point my my, my point is this is nothing to to, the way i see it this is nothing more than a hostage crisis how dare the pharmaceutical companies hold us hostage like that
1: oh and then i love the the pharmaceutical companies that say oh but if you need help with your medicine just call us. Yeah. We'll help you. Yeah,
0: just come jump through some hoops of fire, you know. Now,
1: how much do you make a year? $12,000 a year? Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, $11,000 too much. <laughs> you know. That's a
0: very sarcastic take on it, it, it but yet. Yeah, but it is. It, it's exactly it, what they do. It does highlight the issue very well, yeah. yes. yeah. So, um, so now, there might be other fights in Congress that I don't know about. The, the, the reason this kind of uh, gravitated, or why I gravitated probably to this story is because it affects diabetes. Right. Um, and I have so many... Uh,
1: and I'll tell you, diabetes is nothing to laugh at. It is a very dangerous I hate
0: it because disease. it's hard to control. You know that.
1: I know, but sometimes I think you take it so
0: lightly. I don't want to, but sometimes, like, I'm not I'm not trying to use the same excuse as to why we can't have family dinner, but look at my three-job schedule. My life gets in the way.
1: I know. I In the perfect scenario, that.
0: somebody who's unemployed, makes a gazillion dollars doing nothing a year, can properly manage that kind of disease. But when you're running around 18 hours a day, and you have to eat, you have to, basically you have to eat shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can't get on the same page and make steady, healthy meals. You and I, we can't do it. I know, well, we I know. both need to eat healthier, and we can't do it. Why? Because I'm almost never here, and when no. I am here, it's left to you to have to put something together because I'm at the desk. In the computer on another but, job.
1: You no, know, that's you my job. That is my job to take care. Well, of we're not like gonna
0: that. we're not gonna get into the semantics of whose job is who's in the household. It's a partnership.
1: Right. No, I get that. I get that. But
0: <laughs> and the thing is, I we am, both have. I
1: am old-fashioned in the sense that it's my job to make sure the house is clean, make sure the food is cooked, make sure that you're happy. Well, make me that's a sandwich. That's my job. Damn it.
0: like, no, I'm kidding. But listen. It's, it, it, it's 100% and 100%. I used to think it was 50-50, and I realized I was wrong. The perfect relationship like we have is because we both put 100% of it into it.
1: That's true. So it's
0: 100-100. That's true. Okay? And you and I both have medical issues on two extreme sections of the medical prism. Right. You know what I mean? And we both can benefit from doing things better for ourselves,
1: right? But we're talking about medications. We're not talking talking about about
0: everything. I'm talking about lifestyle. I'm talking about this. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like like everything. The whole thing. You
1: know, we're on the radio, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I I just want to make sure. I was (laughs) wrapping
0: up anyway, but I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. You know, it just kind of goes back to this to the mealtime thing. You know. It's in our hands to do something about it.
1: And people, I I said that to remind him that he's on the radio because we do have conversations (laughs) like this on our off radio time. Yes, yeah, so I guess I know? got a
0: glimpse. Okay, well, I guess I better get you out of here. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Because
1: I'm peacing out.
0: <laughs> and I'll be back after this with the final stretch of the show. Don't go anywhere. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON. The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan A called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. And welcome back to the Joel Mihalik Show, everybody. I'm Joel Mihalik, Welcome you back and saying thanks for listening uh, to the program. This is the final stretch of the show, and uh, included in this, we'll talk about the uh, Wombat of the Week, and we'll honor a new hero, and we'll talk about one last thing. And uh, so... <clears throat> With that said, we'll move right into the Wombat of the Week. First of all, I want to tell you that you can participate in the Wombat of the Week segment. How do you do that, you ask? Well, I'm here to tell you. All you have to do is uh, simply share with us by email uh, a news story of stupid people doing stupid things and send that story to uh, uh, wombat at joelmaholic.com or radio at gmail.com. So uh, send that in. And, uh, that's where we get, we get a lot of submissions and we pull from them and we select the weirdest or funniest or oddest, or just the, just the, the stupidest person that we can get out of the batch from the week. And of course we had two weeks to select. So, uh, we were in very good shape with, uh, having the inadvertent week off last week. So that's how you get involved get those submissions in. Because uh, we need them. We know that there's a lot of Wombats out there in the news. And I want all the choices I can get to have my pick from. So that's how you get involved with it. And this is how it worked. So this week's Wombat of the Week comes out of Florida. I don't know if I'm very surprised. But um, so here it is. Man arrested for botching castration on victim he met on the dark web. That's right. Uh, Let's get right into the story. Uh, So you can can see what's up. So out of Sebring, Florida, a Florida man arrested after he allegedly performed a botched castration at his home, according to the Highlands County Sheriff's Office. Gary Van Riswick, uh, age 74, of Sebring, Florida, charged with practicing medicine without a license, resulting in bodily injury deputies came to Ran Risswitz home after a 9-11 hang-up call just before midnight uh, on a Sunday. I'm not sure of the date, uh, so we'll just keep it at a Sunday, although I feel like this is pretty recent. In the home, deputies found a man on the bed with a towel over his groin bleeding heavily. The room was set up like a surgical center with medical equipment and painkillers. There was also a camera set up to record the procedure. Van Ryswyk told deputies he met the victim on a website on the dark web for people with a castration fetish. Let me say that again in case you didn't get it the first time. Met him on a, Met the victim on a website on the dark web for people with castration fetish. He told the victim that he had experience on animals and had even removed one of his own testicles in 2012. Uh, the victim was taken to the hospital and was later flown to a regional medical center. Rand Wissick's bond is set, or was set, at $250,000. First of all, who has a fetish with castrating themselves? I, I mean, I. I feel like I have to ask, and then at the same time I feel like in today's society that should be a redundant question, like, well, you really gotta ask that? I feel like I still have to ask that. I mean, who, who has a fetish over castration? What kind of fetish can you have, or how do you have a fetish like that, where you want to damage or harm not just any part of your body? This isn't like having a body-piercing fetish. This is a cutting-your-penis-off fetish. A fetish about cutting your penis off or having your penis cut off for you. I'm afraid I don't see the correlation between fetish, which I should have looked up the definition, but if I'm thinking correctly, fetish, it means you, you really enjoy it, right? And uh, I, I, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, uh, yeah, but... So if I'm right or if I'm close to right where it's obviously something you enjoy, you have a fetish for that. You have a foot fetish. You have, you know, I don't know. So you enjoy these things. I can't see putting those two things in the same sentence. Enjoying, cutting my penis off. It, it doesn't sound right. It makes me cringe to say it. And it makes me cringe to, to, to even read and present this story to you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, what is a 74-year-old man doing cruising the dark web? Like, I'm slightly familiar as a technical guy on how the dark web works. I know enough about the dark web that as a almost 50-year-old, I don't belong on the dark web. I know enough about the dark web that it is a very dangerous place to be indeed. I know enough about the dark web To stay the hell away from the dark web I have no reason to be there What does a 74 year old guy have going on That he's got to be on the dark web And how in the world Like it doesn't say Like he met his victim On the dark web And uh, What does it say Uh, Where'd it go Victim on a website on the dark web for people What is he doing on a website for people with castration fetish I guess his fetish is, to being a no-good, lousy, non-practicing, non-licensed, stupid-ass doctor. Uh, So, I can't make this stuff up, folks. I feel like I'm pretty creative in my mind, and I've done some writing, but I don't think I could even, I don't think I would ever even think to pen something like this. So this is one of those stories where you can truly say, You can't make this stuff up. So... Hopefully... uh, I mean, he's 74. uh, Something's seriously wrong here. And um, please get some help for the guy who thinks it's it's a fun time to get his penis sliced off. Um, I mean... I don't know. Uh, uh, This is crazy. A fetish of castration. Okay. So... Um, Gary Van Riswick and his victim. I'm sorry, they they are both wombats of the week. It's like another one of those double wombats of the week. Like I originally, when I had this all set up, I said, you know, Gary's going to be the wombat of the week. But you know, the more I think about it, now that I, now that I've had this conversation with you, now that we've chatted about this, and I was able to get some things out, they're both wombats. Because if you dream of having your penis cut off, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot. So anyway, uh, that's your Wombats of the Week. And the victim is nameless, and that's fine with me. Um, I I carry on, sir, ma'am, eunuch, I don't know. Uh, So there's your Wombats of the Week. Now, moving right along... And so you know there 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 are nights like this. Like this is a night or a day or whenever I'm recording this. You don't know. Only I know what time of day it's being recorded. It's a podcast, but it's times like this when, and I'm stalling. If you can't tell, I'm stalling because I don't like going from a story like that to a here to the honor of hero segment and honoring a hero. I feel like it's kind of dirty, right? And I and and I feel like, and this is no way the case. But I feel like it cheats the hero. And that is never, ever acceptable. I am, I, I, I'm never combining stories to cheat the idiots from being the idiots and the heroes from being the heroes. It's completely distinct. And um, like in the same manner of the Wombat of the Week, you can also submit your stories of everyday heroes. I left my drink on the other desk. You can submit your stories of everyday heroes, and you can send them to me at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. You can also visit Facebook at at Facebook. Of course it's at Facebook. You can visit the Facebook page at JM Talk on Facebook or Twitter at JM Talk Radio, and you can also submit them by way of uh, um, uh, DM. I guess Twitter calls it a direct message. Facebook calls it a, a messenger message. I don't know. You can send your links there as well. And uh, I will take twice as many heroes as I'll take Wombats. And the unfortunate truth is it's harder to find a hero in the pages of the news than it is a Wombat. But anyway, so on uh, what now this is another uh, sort of local uh, hero. Once in a while we have heroes that are close to uh, home base here. And this is no exception. This one comes right out of our next-door neighbor, New Jersey. A vacationing state trooper saves a swimmer swimmer from drowning at the Jersey Shore. So let's shoot right into it. An off-duty New Jersey state police trooper saved a man from drowning on the Jersey Shore earlier in August. Detective Sergeant George Rain was vacationing with his family at the beach in Seattle City on August 3rd when moments after he explained the dangers of rip currents to his kids, a woman ran over to him and screamed that a swimmer was drowning. This, according to a Facebook post from the New Jersey State Police. Detective Sergeant Wren was off duty when he rescued the swimmer, having a heart attack in Seattle City. Wren saw the man about 75 yards from the shoreline and drifting further into the ocean when he hopped on a surfboard to rescue him while he battled the treacherous current. According to police, the man was barely able to keep himself afloat by the time Wren reached him and got him on his board. He swam him back to shore where he was treated by EMS, and it was later determined that he was suffering from a heart attack. The swimmer was released from the hospital a few days later and was at home recovering the following week. So, you know, this is not another one of those moments, being in the right place at the right time and having the skills, right? because as i said before i think when you talk about stories like this you have to think to yourself and you're crazy if you don't do you ever stop and think could i do that because that really is a question now adrenaline and things can do a lot to you but the right place at the right time in this situation was this police officer off duty or not is trained not only are they trained in police tactics They are trained in CPR. They're trained in first aid. They're trained in a lot of things, including first aid and CPR. So the fact that he had those extra skills, probably in most people's minds, make you think he was in the right place at the right time because he had those skills and could exercise them. But you know, I'm an average Joe. But I have first aid and CPR training. I have active shooter training, active, you know. So, could I do in that time? I'm a regular guy, you know. And I think we probably think like that because we're not faced with these challenges every day. And this guy here, this detective sergeant, he's on vacation, so he's not just off duty for the day. He's he's enjoying a vacation down a beach with his family, and yet he can snap into action, and knows what to do. And he gets the job done, even off duty. And that is what makes him a hero. And if in no one else's eyes, I mean, he's a hero as far as we're concerned, because he is, the Joel Mahalik shows this week's Honor Thy Heroes champion. But for sure, right, for sure in the eyes of the victim, who is alive because of his efforts, he is that man's hero. Absolutely. And for his efforts, Detective Sergeant Wren, you're the uh, award winner this week on the Joel Mahalik Show, honor. Thy Heroes. And we thank you for your continued service to the communities in New Jersey. So thank you. And that is your hero this week. This is what I like to do. And it doesn't have to be somebody uh, you know, who wears a badge or a new uniform. It could be an everyday Joe or an everyday Jane. Everyday heroes. They're all around us. The problem is you don't really hear about them. And I've taken it upon myself to make that one of my priorities here on the show. Is to bring these heroes to you. Now that brings us to one last thing. And I'm sorry, it's not a video one. I get a lot of feedback from the video one last things. And I'm glad that you enjoy them. Thank you very much for sharing. So it's a regular one this week. And obviously it's because we are heading into, or at the time you're listening to this, it is Labor Day weekend. If you happen to be listening to it on Labor Day weekend. And so my one last thing has to do with that. And the fact that, listen... I want you all to be careful. I want you to be careful on the roadways, traveling to and from. I want you to be careful where you're at. And I want you to be mindful of other people. You know, we're celebrating the the, the workforce. You know, a long weekend for everybody that really busts their asses for their families and to make the world go round. To make things click here in America. So, this is sort of our weekend. And we should be able to enjoy it. So that means, you know, being mindful to other people on the road, being mindful for people around you. You know what I mean? Treat others how you would like to be treated. And if you like to be treated like garbage, don't come out. Because the rest of us are going to try to enjoy this weekend, relax, have some fun with our families... And we should be able to do that. And But it's imperative that we all work together on this. You know? If you go to a Popeye's, don't fight over chicken sandwiches being sold out. You know, the, it's the little things, people. I know you were planning on having a chicken sandwich and you can't. Oh, well. You know? Be kind to the person behind the counter who probably makes a lot less than you. And it's trying to make ends meet. They don't need your crap. Go somewhere else. And listen, while you're going somewhere else, pick up your trash and throw it out. So that's really all I wanted to talk about with one last thing is, you know, I want you to drive carefully. I want you to pay attention to the people around you. And I hope that the people around you are listening so you become one of the people around them that they're trying to take care of. We should just try to take care of each other. The rest of it will work itself out, I promise you. So, you're out and about. It's a long holiday weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. And pick up three pieces of trash, will you? Until next week, please be safe out there. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye bye. <laughs>